All right. Today's guest is Lisa. She is a mindset coach and host of the Personal Growth Lifestyle Podcast. Welcome, Lisa. Hi, Pamela. So grateful that you have me on today. (laughs) Thanks for being here. I know we're going to be talking about self-awareness. And before we jump into that, I'd love for you to share with our audience your number one tip for working moms. Okay. My number one tip for working moms is don't be afraid to ask for help. Don't be a shero. <laughs> I had an amazing exchange a number of years ago because I was one of those moms that could not bring myself to ask for help. And the few times that I would, I would kind of do it with my tail between my legs. And I had an encounter with a woman on the street who was asking people, she was someone that I would see in the neighborhood pretty often. So she was asking people to go into different food places and buy her food. And what really struck me about her was that she was obviously coming from a place where, you know, a lot of us would perceive that she was at the disadvantage, but she carried herself and she approached strangers on the street and was direct about what she wanted, Um, you know, negotiated with me because she wanted something that I didn't have quite enough money for at the moment, but she got me down to, you know, something that I could afford to get her. And I was, that left such an impression on me that I said, you know, we as mothers and especially as working mothers, we really have so much that we could learn from this meeting about being able to ask for help and doing so not from a place of lacking. So ask for help. There are so many things that as you're trying to grow a business or as you're working, that you really need help. You know, Bill Gates, all of these people, they didn't do it on their own either. Asking for help is actually a boss move. So ask for help. That is so powerful. And I think that story What I love so much about that story is one, it really shows kind of a unobvious way to, Mm -hmm. to illustrate that point. Cause I think there, yeah, there, we'll have this misconception around it. So I love how you kind of tie that in and yeah, help is so important. (laughs) Don't feel ashamed, listen to Lisa. So, you know, before we jump into self-awareness, kind of what, tell us about your journey. How did you become a mindset coach? Um, is it something that you've done forever that you knew you wanted to do or kind of tell us about that? Yeah, I actually kind of stumbled into um, becoming a mindset coach because for about 11 years, I was 16 to about 28. I was with a high school sweetheart for 11 years and that relationship wound up becoming this toxic relationship. And then I got into a second relationship after that not 11 years, I learned (laughs) to cut it off a little bit faster that time, but it was just as if not more toxic in certain ways. So I self-healed, which is something people are talking about a lot more now on my own and really went through this process of walking my mindset consciously from beginning to where I am now. And It is this evolutionary journey. There is no such thing as done. There's no finish line. And that's okay because I think that when you look at it as an adventure, it really becomes more interesting and it allows you to create this curiosity. And that's so much of what mindset is, is it's being curious. It's 
developing this ability to look at things from more than just one angle so that you can wrap your head around it and form this kind of opinion on it that will allow you to take the the most helpful action for you. So I discovered how powerful it was in terms of changing my life. And I said, you know what? This is something that I have got to offer other people. I think it's really powerful when you've lived on one side of something and then you've gotten to the other side and you just, you kind of want to bring as many people over as possible. So it really comes from a place of wanting to serve others who are where I once was. That is amazing. And I think that, you know, you really hit on a great point, which is, I think there are a lot of people in professions that are maybe selling something that they haven't experienced or they don't know. And, you know, you hear what they have to say and you're like, you get like, you know, turned off and instantly, you know, the moment you, you just started sharing that story, I, you know, felt so at peace with what you're doing. And it really resonated with me because I do think there are so many women out there who are struggling in toxic relationships and really don't know what to do. And the idea that you turned something that was, you know, hard and bad into something really beautiful is just, it's so inspiring. So thank you for doing that. Thank you. So, you know, we're going to kind of deep dive into self-awareness and why is self-awareness important? Think about if you're building the biggest, most beautiful, sturdy, I don't know, building, right? You have to have a solid structure for it. So self-awareness is the solid foundation that you need to build whatever it is, whatever goal it is that you see for yourself on top of. Um, we, I've kind of developed this geek, geeky obsession with processing things. So we all kind of have like our own unique internal processing system based on our experiences, based on the people that we surround ourselves with. And and so what self-awareness does is it allows us to be really in touch with how we're processing that information that's just flooding through 24-7. I'm convinced that even our dreams are like these subconscious messages that go flowing through us. So your self-awareness allows you to really process that information in a way that's going to lead you to success and fulfillment and all of the things that you want in life versus leading you away from those things and having you in these self-defeating patterns just kind of chasing your tail. So for someone listening who is maybe kind of unaware, right? Um, You know, they just heard what you described, which I think was really, really insightful of, you know, knowing yourself is kind of that foundation. Where, what are the kind of the first steps or or how do they get started with kind of exploring that self-awareness? Yeah. So a tool that I love, and this is nothing new, people have been suggesting this for like diet tracking for years. It's journaling creating that little bit of still and quiet time, whether it's an hour a day, an hour a week, I wouldn't recommend going much longer, you know, than an hour a week, but just creating that space and that time for stillness to be able to reflect and then to just journal, just write down whatever stands out. Did something happen earlier that day at work that kind of, you know, 
you you realize when something resonates with you, right? A lot of us have this habit of replaying it. So if there's something that you're kind of replaying on this loop, go open up the book, take your pen and write it down. What is it that happened? How did it make you feel? You know, why do you think you are thinking of it right now? It obviously left an impression on you. And a lot of times if you take that and then you ask yourself, what does this remind me of? You know, we find a lot of times that the things that resonate with us or that really bother us, they bother us because we've experienced this before. And when you're able to make those connections, it really leads to that, that self-awareness. Those roots start really sinking in of self-awareness and there's no place to go from there but up and just develop this amazing sense of self and how your past experiences and your present experiences are interconnected. So I really love how you put that. And I think that, you know, so many times when we're triggered or we're upset, like the default is to blame, right? It's the other person's responsibility. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, we can't control other people and we can't change the circumstances. We can only control ourselves And so really taking the time to journal and make those connections, you can kind of really, you know, bridge that gap as far as knowing what is really going on for you. So how do you take that? Like you, you start the journaling, you start to realize, okay, these patterns are coming up. These things are upsetting me. Mm -hmm. How does that then grow into, you know, improving your life or improving your relationships? What's kind of the next piece then? Right. Well, you just hit on something huge, which is the realization that you can't change other people, but you can change yourself. So when you start making these connections, you see whether you want to admit it or not, right? You do get to see your role in how certain things happen. So I always say that taking responsibility, being accountable for anything that happened in your life, It's not something that's to say that you're necessarily to blame for it, but what it allows you is this layer of freedom because now you're not stuck waiting for someone else to right a wrong. It's totally in your control. And that's something that I feel like a lot of people feel like is missing from their life to a large degree is a level of control and empowerment. So when you take accountability for things, you're actually allowing yourself the power and the permission to say, you know what, I've got this. It doesn't have to be like this forever. Just because I did A, B, C, and D doesn't mean that those patterns have to continue. This is on me to fix. I'm not waiting on someone to come and rescue me. Yeah. So when you're, I love that. And I think this idea of taking personal responsibility is truly that, that the thing that people miss or that changed in my life as well for my, what I've accomplished, mm-hmm. you know, for people who are listening, who like, Ooh, are thinking, Ooh, <laughs> I, I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to face that. Like, yeah. do you get that kind of resistance initially with clients where they're going through the process and it's, it's really like at first it's like, oh, I'm digging up a lot of things I don't really want to face right now. Absolutely. You know, there's this whole misconception around personal growth and development that 
it's like rainbows and butterflies. You have all these amazing epiphanies and, you know, the heavens just kind of open up for you. <laughs> what it actually looks and feels like is that you're going through the trenches, right? So a lot of times with my clients, um, you know, they're, they're just in so many cases becoming aware of these things as they're working with me. They didn't necessarily have these realizations beforehand. So there is a lot of resistance. And I find that a lot of that resistance has to do with if they discuss it with me rather than just it being something that they observe for themselves, kind of like, you know, in the quiet confines of, you know, between their own two ears, right? It's, there's this embarrassment. There is this degree of shame that winds up coming up. And, you know, you could experience that even just having these epiphanies on your own and not having to say them out loud to someone else. But in order to really get to the next level with your mindset, accountability, and then being able to stand back and look at yourself, not as a judge, right? But as kind of your own counselor, creating that curiosity. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I did that. Why, why did I do that? That's not something that sounds like me. Where would I have gotten that from? The more you kind of create this curiosity, the more comfortable you become with questioning things. And the more you question things, the more you kind of start to dig and you dig up these gems. And so that's why I recommend journaling because you're going to come up with so many random bits and pieces um, and you need a place to put them so that you could sit down sometimes and just look at it all and have those aha moments where it just, oh my gosh, it's almost like you're looking at a detailed picture in front of you. And, and it just, you know, you have these things where it just clicks. It's such an amazing feeling. And so for you, like what you're describing as far as journaling, yeah. it's more about kind of, it's not like dear diary today, I went and did this, this, and this. Yeah. It's really like, almost like a brain dump of like, what is going on in my head right now? what is coming up for me as, you know, to move yourself forward and to actually get that out there. Am I understanding that correctly? Absolutely. Cause I understand. And I get this a lot from clients too, that, you know, well, Lisa, you could say that you're a writer, you're comfortable with writing. Um, it could be really intimidating for a lot of people to look at an empty page and just be like, okay, <laughs> that's why actually at the end of my podcast, I like to leave people on my solo episodes with like one to three, questions that force them to scratch a little bit deeper in their self-awareness and they make for great journal prompts. You could also jump on Pinterest and find like a list of 25 journal prompts <laughs> and things to start asking yourself. But yeah, brain dump. And I love that you put it like that because it really allows you room for this level of randomness. And actually it has been in my most random brain dumps or journal sessions where the biggest kind of aha moments, you know what I like to liken it to, and this is going to totally date me. Do you remember the, it's not ping pong, the pinball machines from the eighties, you pull the handle yeah, yeah. back and you let the ball go and it just starts pinging and ponging different things light up here and there. Right. That's what I like to kind of, um, describe it as. And so when you see these different things light up randomly, you get them down and they may seem like they have nothing to do with each other, but then when you're done and you're kind of just sitting there 
and you get a little distance between yourself and, you know, this brain dumping session, you look at it and it's like, oh my goodness. And I'll tell you right now, I find that a lot of times when it comes to our thinking patterns and our behavioral patterns, one of two things is usually going on. So you can ask yourself, are my thoughts and actions protecting me from something? For example, if you have someone who's a smoker and, you know, obviously it's an undesirable habit, they know it's bad for their their health and they want to break it. I've had people where they are not, you know, they're just fidgety people. They're not really comfortable. They're kind of socially awkward. So for some of them, having a cigarette was an excuse to leave whatever situation that they were in. And for others, because they don't really have the, um, or feel like they have the social skills and the comfort with being around others, they smoke in order to have that time with other people, perhaps a more, a more intimate group of people where they feel like they are more comfortable in that conversational setting. So that's one way of looking at it. And then the other question you could ask yourself are, are your thoughts or actions repeating something that's familiar to you? And remember, something that's familiar and comfortable and predictable, right? It doesn't necessarily have to be something that's good or enjoyable. So when I was in those toxic relationships, a lot of those patterns, I mean, I was with one person for 11 years. Now, this is me from 16 to like about 28, childless, all the freedom in the world, no reason to stay there, right? But it's because I was in a situation that even though it was horrible, it was comfortable, it was predictable, and our brains crave predictability. Your, mm-hmm. your brain wants to kind of ensure your survival. So it's really easy to survive situations that you are already comfortable with and that you know what to expect. So those are the top two things that I like to have people ask themselves about their thoughts and their behavioral patterns and and start to work their way with their journaling from those two questions. So there's a lot there that you dropped that was really valuable. And one of the things that I wanted to kind of dive into more is, you know, so you do the journaling, you start realizing those patterns, you start to ask yourself those questions and you're realizing, you know, these things are holding me back. What's the next step? Like, how do you then shift those patterns or shift those behaviors? Well, it depends on the person. Some people are comfortable kind of going from zero to a hundred, <laughs> but most of my clients are more comfortable taking little bites. So we figure out what's doable. And again, there's a level of self-awareness and, and self-honesty that you have to have when you're figuring out what's doable for you. So let's say you realize that you avoid the gym because you feel out of place, you feel a degree of shame, maybe you've been ridiculed before, and so you avoid the gym. Don't say to yourself, okay, well, I'm gonna go to the gym six days a week for two hours a day. No, you're not. (laughs) Be honest with yourself, start with what works for you. Maybe just going by the gym works initially. Maybe going into the gym and just hanging out, you know, in one area that you feel more comfortable for so many, it's like the cardio equipment, you know, and then you work your way from there. 
So, you know, it's, it's taking whatever bites will work for you and that will move you toward whatever your goal is, but doing it in a way that's conscious and mindful and, you know, that fits into your lifestyle. I love that. And I think there are, I think there's this kind of misconception that we need to take like it's all or nothing, right? Like yeah. we have to, <laughs> that's where the whole fad diet thing comes. That's where like, it's like, we have to yeah. go big, go big or go home. That's, oh my gosh. It's so funny that you actually said that because, okay, so go big or go home. And I'm huge on self-talk. That's like a whole, I could do a whole podcast episode on that. So go big, go hard or go home, right? That's pretty much like a thing that people say to motivate you, right? So it's it's something that's said with the best of intentions, right? But before, when I talked about everyone has their own unique internal processing system, go big or go hard or go home may totally have someone, you know, go all in on their goal. They're at the gym, benching, whatever they could press, you know, um, squatting, whatever they can. But for someone else, it might come across as really intimidating. It might come across as a reminder. Well, you know what? I can't go that big. I can't go as big as that person with whatever they're doing. So I'm just going to go home. I don't belong here. This isn't for me, you know, uh, you know, and then the negative self-talk starts to kick in. They're right. I'm not capable of doing this. I'm not smart enough. I'm not young enough. I'm not, you know, skinny enough. So we have to always be mindful of how we are processing things and that internal dialogue as well. Yeah. And I, so for journaling, you get to pick up on, it sounds like both those pieces, you get to pick up on what is the internal dialogue and how am I actually processing it? Am I understanding that right? Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Get it all down, get it all out of your head and onto paper in front of you. And I love the fact too, that journals serve because listen, you're not always going to be on your path, right? The winds blow you off your path. Life comes at you fast, but that journal is a testament to the fact that you can do this. It's a track record, right? It's great to look at something and say, okay, you know what? I do have a record of being able to do this. And then you have all these nuggets that you may forget that that are in there. And, you know, you talk about legacy, right? So your journal is your legacy kind of to yourself, what you've been through, how much progress you've made, because it could often feel like we're not making that progress. And then it becomes this kind of intimidating game where we feel like we're putting so much into it, but what am I really getting out of it? Go to your journal and see how much you've actually overcome. Yeah. And I think, you know, one of the things that I love about your approach to journaling that really kind of came up for me is I think that some of us, you know, when we sit down to do a journal, we might be a little intimidated to write down negative things, right? We may be afraid who's going to look at my journal do I right. need to put a lock on my journal? <laughs> Who's going to see this someday? <laughs> like who, like this is the place. So, I, you know, do you have any advice to that where people are like, you know, I'm a little nervous to like put things in writing that other people are going to see like all my like weird, crazy fears and my weird, like, what would you say <laughs> to someone like that? Well, don't let anyone see it. It's, it's you, it's yours. <laughs> Hands off. <laughs> Smack them on the hand if they come and touch your journal. Put it someplace, hide it, you know? Or, you know, a, a lot of people too, if you don't want to have this like paper trail, so to speak, do it in a voice recording on your phone. There are so many apps now on the phones, whether it's a note-taking app. And even for that, you can use the voice recording um, 
option, but yeah, do voice messages for yourself. I just, I'm one of those people that even with um, all of these different options, when it comes to writing, whether it's even my blog posts, my, um, my podcast episodes, I still take to pen and paper. So it really is about whatever makes you feel comfortable. And again, there you go, self-awareness. How do you feel more comfortable doing this? Do you wanna write it down? Do you want to experiment between the two and see what works for you? Do you want to create like a document on your computer that no one else can get into? You know, I think there's a way of creating documents that they, there's like a lock and no one can edit it. No one can view it unless they have your permission. (laughs) Leave it to the lawyer to ask you this question. (laughs) So I'm a, I'm a big fan of hiring coaches and hiring mindset coaches. I think it's really, really helpful because you get to see your blind spots and you don't know what you don't know. Um, what, what is kind of, what's the way you work with people? What's the best way for, you know, people to get in touch and work with you? So you can go right to my website. It's lisalatimer.com. And actually from there on the homepage, you'll see the tab for the podcast. So you can even listen to personal growth, uh, lifestyle podcast from there, even though it is on, you know, iTunes and Spotify and all the other, uh, podcast apps. You can also join me in my group on Facebook. It's called she's so bus. She's so bus mindset incubator. That's something that I created for people who are already hanging out on Facebook. They're comfortable there. But then there's also something that I'm creating that's off of Facebook. And that's going to be an actual coaching community called Ambitious Women Rise off of social media. So if you are looking for coaching and, you know, we're in an off time right now. So, you know, for some people, it's not something that is doable right now. And I believe that everyone, if you have the intention and the desire to better yourself, you're essentially bettering the world. You're bettering everyone around you. You're bettering the world. I I want people to have some level of access to coaching. So you can join Ambitious Women Rise community. It's off social media. So there's not all of the distraction. And in that, um, as that grows, we will be doing bi-monthly group coaching, even at the free level. So you'll get a great, it'll be a great experience for you, even just at the free membership level. I love that. And I, of course, will leave all those links in our show notes. So one final question for you, Lisa, is what is the legacy you are creating? The legacy that I am creating is with, you know, with my children and through the podcast and through speaking to you and other, you know, uh, other people with podcasts is the legacy of self-awareness. The idea that you are your most valuable asset in life, in business. I really believe in my heart that when, when we improve ourselves, when we increase our self-awareness, eventually our collective awareness will follow. And we are at such a point in time where, um, self-awareness is hard enough to find because we're being pushed and pulled in so many directions, right? We need to learn how to cut through all of the noise and get that clarity. But when we master that, then we could start really working, not having conversations, but actually working on our collective awareness and be, you know, be the, the humanity that we're capable of being. That is amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining me today, Lisa. Oh, thanks so much for having me, Pamela.